Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, hey, everybody. My name is Eric Sebastian. I'm our campus pastor at our McKinney campus and also our lead grow pastor here at Hope Fellowship. Welcome to Hope. We're glad you're hanging out with us this weekend. And how many of you across the campuses are here at East? How many of you, you thought that was you when the phone went off in the video? You were like, oh, that's me. I left my phone on. It wasn't, but uh, man, we're glad you're here. All of our campuses, welcome everybody uh, here at Frisco East, our online campus, Prosper, Frisco West, my home campus, McKinney. Uh, we're glad you guys are here, spending part of your weekend with us. And we're excited that we're starting a new series today. If you've been with us for the last uh, couple weeks over the summer, we had a, uh, a wisdom series that lasted the course of the summer that was appropriately titled Summer Series. It's very creative on our end. Uh, but the summer series is eight weeks, and we went through the book of Proverbs. We went through the book of Ecclesiastes. We went through the book of Job. And now we're starting a new series today uh, for two weeks. But before we jump into that, uh, you heard this uh, in, in the loop, but it's just so nice. We want you to hear it twice today because our team summits are starting up this week. And so if you are actively involved at your campus, no matter what campus you attend, maybe you were involved and the last year and a half, maybe you've kind of created some distance from your involvement, but you're ready to jump back in. Or you're at a season where you're like, I'm ready to get involved. I'm ready to get, you know, get more involved at the campus that you attend. Then we want you to go to hopefellowship.net slash team and sign up for the team summit that's happening at your campus. We're starting them this week. Uh, Wednesday night, the first one at McKinney, and then we're going all the way up to Sunday night at the Prosper campus. Pastor John will be there live, uh, kind of just sharing vision and, and some excitement and us just sharing stories of what God has been doing in the life of our church and what's happening now and, and then where we're going as a church too and just a time for us to gather together, spend some time together and, uh, and uh, just have some fun as, at, at every campus. So go to hopefellowship.net slash team if you're involved at your campus, get signed up for that. And with that, we are starting a new series today, you saw in the video, entitled Devoted. And so it's a two-week series, and really talking about our devotion to God through community, which we're going to talk about this week, and then through prayer, which we'll talk about next week. Pastor John will actually be teaching that message next week, and that will launch us into our 21 days of prayer uh, that we'll be doing throughout the month of August. So this is kind of the highlight of where we're going over the next two weeks but thought it would probably be a good idea, right, kind of from the jump here of the series to give us a good working definition when we talk about devoted. When we talk about devotion, there's a lot of word association. You know, when you say the word devoted, we think a lot of different things. So I want to try to narrow the focus for us these next weeks so we know what we are talking about and maybe doing that by knowing what we're not talking about as well. Because when I say devoted, some of you guys, you immediately, your mind jumps to like 1970-something, Olivia Newton-John singing hopelessly devoted, you know, walking into school thinking about John Travolta, you know. And so this is not a Sandra D and a J Danny Zuko kind of a thing going on here. We're not talking about that. Some of you guys, maybe, you know, I say devoted, you think the universities of Texas and Oklahoma and their unwavering devotion to the Big 12 conference. And this is, I can assure you, that's, that's the opposite of what we're talking about today. Okay, that's, that's, the, that's the other direction. Or, or maybe, you know, I say devoted, and maybe you think of the story about the rich man that wanted to be buried with his money. Are you, are you guys familiar with the story? There's, okay, uh, here. There was this, this rich man uh, who had accumulated so much wealth. 
And he said, my dying wish, he was on his deathbed and he told his wife, my dying wish is I want to be buried with every penny that I've ever earned. And she, you know, trying to, you know, create a little bit of clarity here. She's like, but if you do that, you're going to leave me with nothing. And he kind of assured her in that moment. He said, you know, sweetheart, my devotion is to the money more than to you. Okay. And he, she kind of was a little offended, but said it's his last request. And so, you know, kind of begrudgingly, she decided to honor it. And so this man passes away. They're at the funeral. And right before they close the casket, she walks up with this box full of every penny that this man had ever earned over the course of his entire life. And she places it in the coffin and they, they close the coffin and they wheel the body out. And her friend comes up after the service and she's so confused. She's like, there's no way, no way you gave that man every penny that he ever earned and left yourself with nothing. Like, there's no way that you would possibly do that. And she looked at her friend and she said, I absolutely did. She said, I took every penny that that man earned over the course of his life. And I deposited it into my personal bank account. And I told him he could go write a check whenever he was ready. And I put it in the box. <laughs> we're not talking about that. Okay, this is, that's a... We're not talking, so we need a better, we need a good definition. We need a, we need a good working definition here for us. And we talk about devoted because these, these are bad examples. These are, this is not what we're talking about. And we get a good definition from the New Testament. This, so devoted for us, we're talking about to be dedicated towards something or, or, or to give ourselves completely towards something. And we see this not from some really bad jokes at the beginning of this message. We see this actually uh, in the book of Acts. Luke, the author of the book of Acts, he's painting us this picture right at the very beginning of how the early church started, how the early church was formed, and some things that they rallied around, some things that they dedicated themselves to, that they gave themselves completely to, to start and grow the church as we know it. And so we see this in Acts chapter 2, so we'll just jump right into it. He says, all the believers, there it is, devoted themselves to four things specifically we see, to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. He keeps going. They sold their property and possessions, and they shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple every day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And as a result, each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. They gave themselves to this. They dedicated themselves to this. And this was, this was a response. And this was, this was in response to the gospel for them. They, they, they were responding to what Jesus had done. They were so captured and captivated by the teachings and the message of Jesus that they decided to devote themselves to the teachings and to the message of Jesus. And this was a response for them of saying, God, we're devoted to you. And so because we're devoted to you, we're gonna be devoted to one another. And here's what I know about every single one of us today, whether you're here at Frisco East, watching online at one of our other campuses, this is true of every single one of us today, is that we are all devoted to something. Maybe even to some some things, right? And, and maybe you're devoted, maybe you have a devotion to your kids, to your family, to your job, to your favorite sports teams. I mean, the list goes on. There's so many things that we would say, I'm committed to this or I'm dedicated to this. And, and, and we know this, like, I'm not breaking news this weekend, that we know that our level of devotion to something 
will determine how much of ourselves we give to that thing, right? Like my level to devotion uh, uh, is gonna determine how much of my time or how much of my energy or how much of my resources or my finances that I'm going to pour into this thing, right? If you're devoted to your kids' sports goals and to their sports teams, then what you're gonna place, you're gonna put time into that. You're gonna put money into that. You're gonna put gasoline into that, driving all over the Metroplex, trying to get your kids to different tournaments and all sorts of stuff. If you're devoted maybe in this season to gaining weight, or to losing weight, you're gonna be, you're gonna be devoted to you know, certain workout programs. You're gonna be devoted to certain you know, uh, diets or nutrition or things like that. You're gonna be focused on physical fitness in a certain way that maybe you haven't been in season past because of how devoted you are in this season. If you're devoted to the Dallas Cowboys, then I don't know, you're, you're a glutton for punishment. I don't know, I, have, I got nothing for you on that. But, but, but we know this, we know we're all devoted, you know? I mean, maybe none more than Cowboys fans can understand what devotion really looks like. Yeah, but we're all, we're all devoted to certain things. We're all devoted to something. And then we know this, we know that because of that devotion, devotion is what drives the direction of our life. Again, the how, much, how, much, how much I am devoted to something is gonna determine the direction that I'm going because my devotion is what drives. My, de- my devotion is what guides me. It, it, it's what sends me down a path. It's what, it, it shows how dedicated I am to something. It shows how committed I am to something. I mean, maybe another way to say this would be, you know, devotion determines how dedicated that you are to something, right? I mean, devotion sets us up for us. We have this teenager at the McKinney campus. He's going into ninth grade. He's a basketball player. And I was talking with his parents a couple weeks ago, and they said, you would not believe the level of devotion that he is showing this summer. He gets up every day during the summer at 5 a.m. to go work out. Like he's never done this before, but he's doing it now. They said, and not only that, not only is he getting up at 5 a.m. every day, but he goes, he has practice every day in the summer for basketball. He's going to practice every day. And said, so, Eric, this is crazy. It's not just that he's working out or practicing, but, but now he's starting to care about how much sleep he gets at night. Like, because this is starting to matter to him. He's starting to care about his nutrition. He's starting to care about the things that he's putting into his body and then making sure he's not putting the wrong things into his body. He's, he's starting to care about this. He's starting to show his devotion by the amount of himself and his energy and his time and all these things that he's putting in because he, it, it's driving the direction of his life. And, and these are admirable things, right? I mean, being devoted to your family, being devoted to your kids, being devoted to your job, being devoted to like setting some goals and wanting to reach them and accomplish those, these are all great things. But what Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, what Luke is trying to highlight for us, he's saying, I want to show you in chapter two, this structure of repeated ideas, four specific things, four specific acts of devotion that we, the church, we should be known for these things. He's saying that if, if, if we as Christ followers and if we as a church, if we're going to be known for anything, if we're going to devote ourselves, if we're going to give ourselves to anything, let's give ourselves to these things. Let's be about these things. And he, he highlights them for us in Acts chapter 2. And again, we, we see them. We read them earlier. He starts off by saying all the believers, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to teaching, number one. Tony Evans, who's a, who's a pastor here in the DFW area, he, he says it like this. He says, the church was learning divine truth from God's word. And the teaching of the apostles was to give believers God's perspective on every matter so that they could learn, obey, and experience spiritual growth and make kingdom impact. 
And what Tony Evans is saying and what Luke is saying and what we're saying is, is simply you can't grow beyond what you know, right? And he's saying, we, we, if we're, we, commit yourself to being a student of God's word. Commit yourself to the teachings of Jesus because that's what's going to guide us towards God's purpose. That's what's going to drive the direction of our life because we, we all know this. We know that our hearts are not naturally godly. We all have a tendency to drift. We all have a tendency to stray and, and sin comes in and sin distorts our way of thinking. But what the gospel, what, what Luke is saying is he's saying when sin tries to, to distort your way of thinking, the teachings of Jesus bring us back and show us what he thinks. When sin tries to distort our perspective, he says, man, the teachings of Jesus, it, it brings us back and it tells us what he thinks about it. It, it gives us his heart. It, it gives us his purpose. It gives us his perspective on this. And in a culture that is always enticing us to subscribe to their ideas, to subscribe to their doctrine, to subscribe to their philosophies, Luke is saying, subscribe to the word of God. Subscribe to the teachings of Jesus. Subscribe. In this culture, be devoted. If you're going to be devoted to anything, be devoted to God's word. But I love it. He, he doesn't stop there. He, he keeps going. He says not only were they devoted to the teachings, he says, but also into fellowship. And then again, he repeats this idea later on in verse 44 and 45. He says, all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything that they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those that were in need. We see that they met together in big groups and they met together in small groups. That in this gathering in particular, they're, they're a group of 3,000 or more that are gathered right now in, in, this, in this space of Scripture. And they're gathering as 3,000, but then also says that they met in homes and that they, they ate together with one another. And they, they had this, they worshiped together, and they went to the temple together, but they also ate together, and they also shared their homes together and shared everything they had. They gave themselves to one another. And we see this kind of lifestyle happen all throughout the New Testament. Kind of like these, this list of one another's. Like when, when we're living in community with one another, we, we should be doing these things. We should love one another. We should carry one another's burdens. We should forgive one another. We should encourage one another. We should serve one another. And it's this lifestyle of when we're living life together, here's, here's how it should look like. And can I just say, Hope Fellowship, this is, this is us. Like, this is us. This is a picture of us. We're a, we're a large church. We, we, we gather together in large groups, but we're a large group made up of a bunch of small groups. Right, we come together in big group settings, you know, the weekend services or Wednesday nights for Hope students. And we gather, you know, we, we go to the temple together and we worship together in these large groups at all of our campuses. But then we also meet together in small groups. We meet in, in home groups and we, and we have groups that meet on site at campuses and we have regeneration and we have re-engage and we have these things where, where we're moving from rows to circles, right? And in this space, now we're, we're meeting together and we're sharing meals together and we're sharing lives, we're sharing stories, we're sharing struggles, we're serving one another. And we're moving toward this idea of being devoted towards fellowship with one another. And what this starts to do for us is it, it moves us from this mentality, it moves us from this way of thinking that says, yeah, but groups don't really work for me. It moves us from this mentality that says, I'm not really getting anything out of this. Or, or, or you know, I, I'm just, I'm comfortable in a row. 
or I'm comfortable just with the online experience. And it starts to move us away from that idea because our posture becomes one of obedience. And we're saying, okay, God, if I'm devoted to you, then I'm gonna devote to your teaching, number one. Well, your teaching says that fellowship is important, number two. And so I'm devoted to you and your teaching says that one anothering with other people is important. Then would you help me find a group of people to be devoted to? Would you help me find a group of people that I can commit to? Would you help me find a group of people that I can serve? Would you help me find a group of people that I can start to live some life with and I can start to you know, be in a circle with and start to devote myself to? And we see this in the early church. They devoted themselves to one another. And I mean, goodness, I think coming off of the last year and a half for us, we all would say, we, this, now more than ever, we need a group of people to be committed to. And probably now more than ever, we need a group of people who are gonna be committed to us. Like in this season, we need a group of people who are gonna know where I'm at and what I'm going through and, and, and where my thoughts are and where my struggles are. And, and, and we're forgiving and we're serving and we're sharing with one another whether you're in person or you're online, it's not just settling for, I'm just gonna stay in a row or I'm just gonna stay online, but it's finding circles and it's, it's finding community. And, and here's why this is important for us because there's a deeper dive for us to go into on this point before we move on. Because the word that Luke, the author of Acts, the word that he uses here for fellowship is this Greek word koinonia. And koinonia, the meaning, like the root behind this word is literally, it literally means us having in common. There's a commonality. There's a sharing component for us. And we see examples that he gives us in the book of Acts. So they not just shared meals, but they shared possessions and they shared resources together. And when Luke talks about this idea of fellowship, when he uses this word koinonia, his illustration is this, that these believers were so devoted to one another. They were so bonded together. They had given themselves to one another so much so that if somebody in that group was struggling or somebody in that group was in need, the rest of the group felt the responsibility and they saw it as an opportunity, not just to continue to plow forward, not just to continue to live their life, not just to continue throughout their day to day, but to stop and pull resources together and say, what can we do as a group to meet the need for this person that's struggling, that's hurting? And if you've been on the receiving end of this, you, you know what this means. You know the value of this. My family and I have been on the receiving end of this. When, when you're with a group of people and, and they see this situation that you're in and out of love and serve and support and care for you, that they step into your situation. They say, hey, we see you. We care for you. We wanna encourage you. We wanna support you. And especially in seasons where you're walking through a struggle or you're walking through hurt or you're walking through grief. And this is community. This is koinonia. I was talking with a guy a couple weeks ago and, and was calling him because he had one daughter who had unexpectedly um, had to go to the hospital when she had just come out of the hospital, unexpected. And then his other daughter was getting ready to go into the hospital for a major procedure that she was having done. 
And right in the middle of these two events, his wife suffered uh, from an unexpected stroke and she was rushed to the hospital. And so I was calling him just to kind of get, get a checkup on how everybody's doing and what's going on. And at the end of the conversation, we prayed together. And right before we hung up the phone, I said, hey, is there anything that we can be doing? Like we as the church, is there anything Hope Fellowship can be doing to serve your family, to take care of you guys? And his answer was remarkable. Because his answer, he said, you know what? He said, our group's pretty much taking care of everything that we need. It was one of those like mic drop moments. You know, it was like, no, we're good. Our group has this. Our group has this taken care of. And so I followed up the following weekend on Sunday morning. I went and found one of the members that are in their group. And I just had kind of doubled back. I was like, hey, I talked with this family. And, and I just want to make sure, is there anything we can be doing? Like, what can we be doing? And he reassured again. He said, Eric, we've got them taken care of. Like, this is what our group is all about. And it was just like, this beautiful moment, it was this, this incredible uh, understanding of knowing each one of us is an integral part of the body of Christ. And in small groups is where we love and where we serve and where we give ourselves to one another. We get to show our devotion to God by our devotion to one another. It's fellowship, it's koinonia. But Luke doesn't stop there. Luke keeps us going. And he says, not just that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, not just to fellowship, but he says, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. And he says in verse 46, they worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and they shared their meals with great joy and with great generosity. And this is a pretty interesting piece because he talks about sharing in meals. He talks about obviously the Lord's Supper, which is communion, which is something here at Hope Fellowship we're very much devoted to. We, we take communion every month. It's an opportunity for us every month to just stop and posture ourselves and say, God, thank you for what you've done in sending your son Jesus and his sacrifice for us. He says they devoted themselves to that, but he also says they devoted themselves to sharing meals together and, and to sharing needs with one another. They, they met in homes and they shared meals together. And then he says, kind of like the canopy that both these things are under is they did these with great joy and with great generosity. And doesn't that just seem like the most appropriate way for us to do these things? for us to share these things together, that every time we take communion, that we take communion with great joy and generosity of, of Jesus. Thank you for your body that was broken, your blood that was poured out for us. I mean, such joy and generosity. And then when we're sharing meals and we're sharing lives and we're sharing stories together, that we're doing this with, with great joy and generosity. And it's just, this phrase just shows the togetherness and, and the devotion and the community that was so valuable to the early church in the onset. And it also serves as a great reminder for us as the church now to say, hey, in the middle of our lives, in the middle of, of you know, our schedules and our careers and our families, and in the middle of all the shows we're streaming on Netflix and Disney Plus and all these things, like in the middle of life, devoting ourselves to one another, breaking bread with one another and doing it with great joy and generosity. I mean, think about this. This is interesting. The early church, these believers, they gave their money away and they were glad about it. They were happy to do it. They found more joy in sharing with one another than they did in continuing to accumulate and possess more stuff. They enjoyed eating and spending life and spending time with one another as opposed to living in isolation. 
Why? What would compel a group of people to do this? Why would someone be motivated to do this? It was because of their devotion to Jesus. They had been captivated so much by the message and the teachings of Jesus that they began to live them out and model their life after this. And they found something in Jesus that was better than their money. They found something in Jesus that was better than their possessions. They found something in Jesus that was better than their comfort. And they said, hey, we're gonna walk this life out. We're gonna walk this life out with great joy and generosity. And it, they, they give us a great litmus test as believers now. They give us a great litmus test as a church now for us to say, what is the evidence that the gospel has taken root in my life? Well, what's my level of joy? What's my level of generosity? In every season, in any season, what's my level of joy? What's my level of generosity? Because they're meeting these, they're sharing life together as they're sharing meals. Joy and generosity. But he doesn't stop there. He keeps going. Luke says there's four things that they devoted to. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and then lastly, to prayer. And he tells us in verse 47, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And we see this, we see all throughout the New Testament, when they met in big groups together, they worshiped and they prayed. When they met in small groups together, they worshiped and they prayed. It didn't matter the context, big or small, they kept Jesus at the center. And we see this, I mean, the early church, they, they, they believed in the power of prayer. When someone was sick, they prayed. When someone was in need, they prayed. When someone was struggling, they prayed. Even right before this passage, even right before the, the section that we're reading today, Jesus is talking to the disciples and, and he's about to ascend into heaven and, and he's just given the great commission, you know, go into all the world and, and, and preach the good news. And he says, okay, I'm about to go to heaven. I'm gonna go prepare a place. But before I do that, one last thing. Go to this space and just wait for the Holy Spirit to show up. And while you're waiting, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do one thing. Pray. Just go and wait and pray. And so all of the apostles and the disciples and everybody, men and women, they gather in this space. And it says that for 10 days, all they did was pray. And then finally, the Holy Spirit shows up and it's powerful, and he compels and encourages Peter to go and, and preach this incredible message to thousands of people. And, and really, the message in total is about 10 minutes. And then it says at the end of this 10-minute message, 3,000 people get saved. I mean, this, this is every pastor's fantasy, right? That you would pray for 10 days, and you would preach for 10 minutes, and then boom, 3,000 salvations. The, the whole point of this here for us, the whole point for our church is this, is that when they met with one another, they met with God and they devoted themselves to all these things, including prayer. And what was, like, what was the result because of this? Like because of their devotion to God and because they devoted themselves to these things, like, like what happened next? And, and we see the, the result of their devotion to God and the result of their devotion to these things was the community inside of the church helped reach those outside of the church. The community that they had formed inside of the church moved to them reaching the community outside of the church. And verse 47 ends this way. It says, 
And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. This is why community is so important for us. Their, their devotion to God led to devotion to one another, led to thousands of people coming to faith in Jesus. Their, the, the result in this whole thing was all of these things validated the message of Jesus. All of these things, they were devoted to one another. They gave themselves completely to one another. And they were so captured by the message of Jesus that they decided to devote themselves to his ways and to his teachings. And they had this realization that God had given himself to them. And so they were gonna give themselves to one another. I mean, can we just say that when you have a group of people that are so devoted to the teachings and to the ways of Jesus that they no longer are only living for themselves, but now they're living for one another, that they're, they're, no, they're so joyful in Jesus that they aren't controlled by their money, but they're freely giving it. And that they are so characterized by the gospel that the fruit of it is joy and generosity and one anothering with one another. People will believe in Jesus. People will come to the same saving grace that you and I have come to. People will take notice. And, and, and notice this that the people that were being added to the church that day, it wasn't coming from the temple. It wasn't coming from the big gathering. Not that that's wrong, and we see that happen all the time. But the, the, notice, the, the ones that was being added to the fellowship every day, the many that were being added in verse 47, those are coming from the people in homes. Those are coming from the community outside of the temple, outside of the church. Why? Because everyone was involved. Everyone played an integral part in the body of Christ. This wasn't just something they left for the apostles to do or just for the disciples. No, all of the believers were living their faith out publicly and in community, full of love for one another and joy and generosity and worship and koinonia fellowship. Devoted. Devoted to God. Devoted to one another. And it was so evident that those around them who were not believers in Jesus decided to entrust their lives to the Messiah. And Jesus told us that this would happen. Like Jesus, Jesus knew, he foreshadowed this when he was teaching his disciples in the book of John. And he's talking to his disciples in John chapter 13. He says, listen, I'm giving you a new commandment now. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. And your love for one another will prove to the world who you're devoted to. Your devotion to one another will prove to the world, you're my disciples. And what will happen if, if you're devoted to me and you devote to one another? Thousands, thousands of people, thousands of people. The early church was so unified in their devotion to God and to one another. And this is how the early church was built. And when followers of Jesus devote themselves to these things, to the word of God, and to fellowship, to sharing lives and resources with one another, and to breaking of bread, and to praying together, and caring for one another. And the kingdom of God continues to expand. The kingdom of God continues to grow. Why is that? Why is that? Because we know, I mean, Acts 2 teaches us this. It teaches that the community inside of our church will determine how well our church reaches outside to our community. And can we just say as a church, like we have been entrusted with a lot. 
The Lord has blessed Hope Fellowship immensely. And we have campuses in multiple communities. And we have communities outside of Frisco and McKinney and Prosper that come to our campuses. And the community inside of our church will determine how well our church reaches outside to our community. That from these practices, empowered by the Holy Spirit, we might experience so much joy and generosity that literally because of what God has already done in and through the life of this church, that if we would subscribe, if we would commit, if we would devote, thousands of people would want to give their lives to Jesus. And so the question for us, I think, becomes a pretty simple one. Do we see ourselves in the early church? Do you see yourself in the early church? Are you devoted to the word of God? Are we devoted to one anothering with a group of others? Are, are we devoted to joyfully and generously sharing meals and meeting the needs of those around us? Are we devoted to worship and prayer? In the early church, they were so devoted to these things, but it was in response to the gospel, in, in response to being devoted to Jesus. And in just a moment across all of our campuses, if you're here and you say, I, I've not made that, I've not taken that first step. Before I, before I think I can even, you know, devote myself to someone else, I need to devote myself to Jesus. We're gonna give you that opportunity. We believe that today's your day for that to happen. But, but for the rest of us here, for the rest of us watching, we tried to, uh, the, the, the next step, the application, the practical part of this message, we tried to make so easy for us as a church. We, 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 we said there has to be a simple way for us to take all of these things and, and, and practically as a church move in this direction. And so the best way for us to apply this message on a practical level is to get into a group. Like, aren't you the lead grow pastor? This is kind of self-serving for you to have this message. And it's not because we've just spent the last 30 minutes realizing that this is something that, that has to have our devotion to God. If we're devoted to God, we have to be devoted to one another. It's not a self-serving thing for us. It's a self-serving thing for us to be devoted to one another because our church, our mission statement here is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move towards the center of God's purpose for their life. And one of the best ways, one of the primary ways that we do that here at the church is through groups. It's how we make big church, thousands of people in attendance, small. It's how we move from rows every weekend into circles. And when you miss out on groups, you're missing out on, 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 on in, intrig, integral, excuse me, part of the, of the Christian faith. You're, you're missing out on, the, there's so much of the Christian life that you're missing out on if we're not one anothering with a group of others. And so we try to make it such an easy action step today to simply go to the website, hopefellowship.net slash groups. When you go to the website, you have two options. You can click join a group. We have all sorts of groups that have been added already and that are being added over the next couple of weeks as we get ready to launch at the end of August. You can find groups that meet on-site at your campus. You can meet groups that meet off-site. You can find regeneration groups and re-engage groups. You can find young married groups. You can find empty nester groups. You can find groups uh, with singles. You can find groups with married. You can find groups that have to do with like, I, I like to walk Well, I like to run. We've got you covered for both. Like, I like to ride a bike. I want a mountain bike. I like to ride a motorcycle. We've got you covered. 
Uh, you go there and you, you can find, and then if we don't, if you're saying, I can't find what I'm looking for, that's why we have that second button, leader group. And you're saying, I, I want to find some other people that are interested, that we can share some commonality, that we can have some commonality with one another. And, and I'm going to go lead that group. I'm going to go get a group of people. We're going to devote to one another and devote to this thing, and we're going to do it together. And I'm going to go lead it. And we've tried to make this so simple for us to say, here's the next step. The next step is us finding community together because our groups are based on not just our mission statement as a church, but everything that we've just studied in Acts chapter two. That in every group at Hope Fellowship, what are you gonna find? Biblical teaching. What are you gonna find? You're gonna find fellowship, koinonia. You're gonna find shared objectives and commonality. You're gonna find prayer and care for one another. Why? Because we believe that community is for Everybody. Notice the, the very first word in this passage that we've been reading today. It said, all. All of the believers. Not a select few, not a handful, not just the leaders, not just the volunteers, not just the staff members, all of the believers. All of the believers devoted themselves to these things. All of them. This, this is unapologetically our goal at Hope Fellowship is for all of our church to be in some sort of community, 100% of our church to be in community. Why? Because it's for everybody. It's not for a select few. It's for all of the believers. They were, all of the believers in the early church, they were devoted to this. And we as a church, we are devoted to this. At the Saturday night service last night, I literally, uh, as I was saying this, I saw a, a, a lady elbow her, I'm assuming her husband who was sitting next to her. And she was like, he's talking to you. And all he did, he was like, yeah, yeah, I know. And like hung his head down. It was like, yeah, that's me. This is not meant to shame anybody. This is meant to encourage us today to say, this is for all of us, all of us devoted to God, all of us devoted to one another and seeing our community inside of our church, reaching the communities that are outside of our church. All of us saying our devotion to God is so evident. It's so evident. How? But how devoted we are to one another. That our love for one another would prove to the world around us that we are devoted to Jesus. I thought probably one of the best ways for us to like, put an exclamation mark on this message would be to show you guys a video testimony from some group leaders here at Hope Fellowship. We have hundreds of groups here at the church, and this is just one couple inside of our church, and this is just one story out of thousands that we could have shared. But this group started off as a re-engage group and they found such community and, and just kind of enjoyed each other so much and they decided to launch a group outside of that. They've been a group together for the last year and a half or so. And this is just part of them telling part of their story of them coming to a group and just what God, some of the cool things God has done in and through their group as they've been living out fellowship and koinonia together. Take a look. Um, but for me, the biggest thing that I've gotten out of this is it's a group of people who have a desire to dig in and grow in their faith. Um, and so we have gone from, uh, you know, coming out of Reengage, we've done different book studies, we've done different topic studies, we've done um, all sorts of different things. And sometimes it's, um, it, it, sometimes it was something I needed at the time, other times it wasn't, but I knew that, the, that within this group that my time was gonna come around. Um, and as we've gone through some of the last few series that we've done or, or studies that we've done, I have felt, um, I have really felt encouraged. I have felt um, a desire. I have felt um, a push to dig in deeper um, and become not just an observer or a uh, somebody who shows up and just uh, a, 
fly on the wall type of thing, but really to, to bring something to the table with all the discussions. And that's whether we're talking about, uh, we're currently um, partway through um, going through Case for Christ. Um, in the past, we've done the Book of Ruth. Um, but being able to not just show up and be like, hey, we're here, it's life group, let's just all have a good time, but to bring something to the table. Um, but it's, 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 it's growth to passion in me to want to dig in deeper on my own. Yeah, I would echo that. I've been saved since I was nine, so over four decades of being a Christian, but never in my life have I been more consistently self-fed, self-motivated, mm. time in the Word, time sharing faith, having discussions. So in that, I think it's been so powerful. And I would say that's probably um, equally relevant, relevant and in the stories of every one of our families. Um, I think for me personally, all that time in church, and we've been part of church plants and many other groups, um, and sometimes that brings hurt. So one of the things that's probably most significant to me is that when we first came to Hope, um, we, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the nice way to put it, right? Because you can get hurt in relationships, and that's where we were. We had um, been a little hurt and um, disillusioned, and so a natural reaction to that, we'd kind of hardened our hearts and we had pulled back. And so when we first came to Hope, we weren't in fellowship. We were just coming to church. And as God started to heal our hearts, and then we walked into this process, um, faithfully, God healed my heart. And I can remember um, very poignantly at the night of worship, our entire life group um, was all sitting there around me. And we were singing the song, This Is What um, Heaven Feels Like. This Is What Heaven um, Sounds Like. I don't know all the words. I'm not a singer. Um, but I just remember the Holy Spirit saying, daughter, your heart's healed. Now it's time to keep going forward. Um, and that was in relationship. It was in living in community and living in authenticity um, and, and getting okay again, that with all the wins, there will be hurts and that's okay. Thanks for listening to Hope's Weekend Message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.